You're tuned in to the MTGG Cable Cast, 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 where they cover magic, the gathering finance. All right? You don't know about it? You're tuned in right now and get ready to learn some shit. Buckle your seatbelts and light a blunt and get ready for the MTG Cable Cast, 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 starring Reptar and Thirsty, them onion head motherfuckers. All right, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal Cast. And this week, we've got something we did last year that mm -hmm. we thought we would bring back. Yeah. Uh, now that Wizards has hit us with a release schedule for the next year, we're going to take a look at the sets that we have lined up in front of us over the next year, what we think about them, what we're excited about, what we're scared of, uh, with a bonus once we get into the sets for later next year about how it may tie into competitive play. If it exists, mm -hmm. who's to say? And with that, let's get it taken away. Yep. So the first set on the slate is Brothers War, and we'll bring this up real quick. So this is what the, uh, the slate looks like. We've already passed Dominaria Dominari United. Next up in the Dominaria Saga is Brothers War. That is releasing November 18th of 2022. And the two real pieces of information I took away from this, because I'm not really a story person, and I don't believe that that impacts the game terribly much, is this is confirmed to have an artifact theme, and they have mentioned giant artifact creatures. Now, I hadn't read the notes about this set, and that does kind of play into a little bit of a leak that we got a couple days ago, which is inside the companion app. It was found out that Urza's tower is now marked legal, in standard and i believe if, if you search scryfall for it it is also mark legal and standard because they went through and did that and so these things kind of tie together and it makes it a little more interesting the last time i believe we saw the urza's lands in standard was ahead of the original mirrodin and yep. that allowed us Mike. to cast tooth and nail from that set ahead of curve by about four turns and we put giant chonkers into play the other side of the coin was that the Affinity deck was around and that could usually beat you to the punch. So it kind of balanced out. After that, we saw the, the Tron lands come back. It did a lot of big dirtily. They did a lot of big dirtily things. Magnavore Control, I can't remember the name of that deck. Is it Magnavore? It's wildfire. It yep. was great. Exactly. It, um, based on Magnavore's Power Toughness, you can remember <laughs> sorcery cards in your graveyards, uh, in all graveyards, and all you did was destroy your opponent's land. Eventually, a lethal, quote-unquote, wildfire was lethal in the sense your opponent scooped it up. They didn't want to play anymore. You destroyed yeah. other lands. And maybe the Dragonstorm deck started with Tron lands because it did a lot of twiddling of lands, and making mm -hmm. a ton of colorless was great. You didn't need to play a ton of rituals at that point. Yeah. And so I'm kind of excited uh, about that. There's another note here that says the set prominently features the Power Stone power stone artifact type and i'm curious to see how that works out in dominaria united we got a prelude to what they can do and i want to make sure that people remember that power stones entering tapped from both karn and the monorig is part of the ability on those two permanents that creates power stones so being a prelude to the set and really getting to see or the set with power stones and really getting to see what they do, they might have entered the battlefield taps for that reason. If 
this is the set we're supposed to see them and they want to make a big deal out of them, there's a really good chance that these are just essentially mind stones. And we're just going to be making artifacts a tap for one colorless that can only pay for artifact spells and abilities, I think. I can't remember the full text on them. Yeah. And we also get the other four pain lands. That's cool. It helps uh, fill out Pioneer. Overall, I'm not really that worried about this set. I don't think it's going to do a lot negatively to Constructed Magic. I think it's going to bring a bunch of interesting cards into Pioneer that weren't there before. There's no real big mana deck like there is in almost every other format. The I think if you want to consider it a big mana deck would be Mono Green Devotion because Nykthos makes a bunch of green mana and you twiddle it a bit with Teferi who slows the sunset or who slows the sun, whatever it is. And like, yeah, cool. You make a bunch of green pips and you play a bunch of Cavalier of Thorns and you basically combo kill your opponent out of the game, but there's no like artifact deck or big mana deck that plays that way by turn four. Uh, Mono Green Devotion is usually a, a little bit longer unless they drop a bunch of elves and whatever that three green pip five five is from the first dominaria so overall i'm excited for this set because like i said i don't think it's going to be parasitic i don't think this is going to be the set that really sours people again on the artifact block so to speak and i think this is going to kind of possibly make up for some of the downfall of dominaria united where it feels like a lot of dom new is slow and plotting and going somewhere that we don't know yet from a constructed standpoint. We see Shieldred all over the place, all the way down to Legacy, which is great because that card does some work against Fair Blue, but we're not really seeing a lot of the set otherwise. Karn was a massive flop. Yeah. Because Power Stones do nothing right now. So there was no reason to play that card. Even at the pre-release, I think everybody that might have done well with Karn did well until they realized the Power Stones either entered Taft or could only pay for artifacts. And once that happened, the power on Karn just fell out the bottom. Yeah. Any thoughts on this set? Uh, so I am uh, going to go completely opposite of what you said on the story not mattering, because the story of this set matters a lot to me. Okay. Uh, because to me, the Brothers War and their corresponding books way back in the day were some of the best fantasy I'd read at that time. The way they wrote Urza as this like incredibly well-written anti-hero who shows up on a plane and says, yeah, you don't stand a chance. I'm killing everyone here, taking the energy and using it where it's more useful. Okay. That kind of thing was just super cool to me. And we've had such a sterile storyline in Magic Ever since. For the, yeah. Ever since. That I am afraid that something will happen here where Teferi's going to go back in time and fix whatever time stuff is wrong, or they're going to retcon away the Brothers' War in some way, rather than retail the same story, which was perfect as it was. Okay. Uh, that is what I am scared for. I am, however, as you said, uh, kind of hyped for an artifact-heavy set, because for my own selfish reasons, I would like to see Affinity be good in other formats. And while I don't think they bring back the Affinity keyword, I don't think they really have to, because any time we have had an artifact team set, Wizards has found a way to shit the bed. Oh, absolutely. So there's going to be something in this set that's just going to be busted and get banned from a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am excited from that from the point of like Schadenfreude and just seeing how badly they can mess it up. Uh, but I, I am also excited to see how they treat the storyline, although, again, I am very scared that they are going to dumpster all over it. Yeah. Uh, everything you just said, I have smattered all over the rest of my notes. 
except for any i guess except for story notes the only set i have any kind of story note for is the next one so this is just going to segue perfectly into dominaria remastered yeah so i am actually this set i think is going to be great uh Time Spiral Remastered was one of the few master sets that I think they got right. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that was legitimately because of the presence of collector boosters in the set. Obviously, you still have $300 foil old border ponders. You have $250 old border thought seizes. That's fine because this was a set that was a limited run. It was thematic. It had a lot of good heaters to it. And of course, we already know that we're getting something we've wanted for years in old border foil force of will. Uh, So having the opportunity to see that they are making this old border thing kind of a remastered staple, I think is incredible. I'm really excited to see more stuff like, you know, pernicious deeds or, you know, we couldn't do survivals, obviously, but stuff like that where we haven't had that kind of treatment for it. Maybe we finally get an old border foil worldly tutor. You know, there's so many cards and things that they can bring to this set that kind of teach all of the new players about where the history of the game came from. Yes. What cards were important and impactful and I think in a lot of ways expose people to cards that they just didn't know existed Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways or they knew existed but only in the abstract they wasn't concrete to them. So what I'm excited about is seeing new EDH builds come from this, seeing that format get iterated on by cards that people didn't necessarily remember were there. Uh, And I think the way that they've done and what they did with Time Spiral Remastered, where it was basically, hey, look, this is all stuff Mm -hmm. that you all already know exists. There's nothing new here. We're not having to print for new archetypes or anything like that, I think is great because if there's one thing we've learned from the Modern Horizon sets, when they print new cards directly into Eternal formats, they are very bad at doing it. I Ragavan, Hogak, Urza, Murktide, there's all kinds of problems throughout all of these sets. But I also think that this is probably going to be very informative because we're seeing what production levels are like for these sets. Mm outside of production issues that we had during COVID. Time Spiral wasn't produced a lot. No. But we also were under restrictions at that point, you know, where the supply chain was hindered and we don't have that now. So I'm actually very excited for uh, Dom Remastered. What about you? Uh, I have some mixed feelings about Dom Remastered. Uh, My one story note here is we're probably going to see Urza's Rage. Because it flows into everything that you said, which is you can yep. tell this wonderful story about Dominaria and essentially boil down from all the sets up until uh, Mirrodin kicking out Masks block, because that yeah. took place on Mercadia, the story points that took place on Dominaria into one great set. And yep. I think it's going to be really interesting. And as you were talking about it, I, I remembered the dual deck, Phyrexia versus the Coalition, mm-hmm. because I was thinking about Urza's Rage. And that's kind of, I think, maybe a, a peek into the set from that standpoint, yeah. where you're going to see a lot of this cool stuff coming together, and you're going to see a lot of, a lot of really interesting things. I think the old board treatment is going to be a really good look for this set, because, yeah, exactly, there's definitely some choice cards that they can get in there. They could even do some high-impact uh, high reprints, if you want to call it that, in old frames of cards that yeah. could use them, like Deed, like Vindicate, like Meddling Mage, because, let's face it, the Pakula art is better than whatever they did for Alara. Not close. Um, and I, that, to me, is all 
the the highlights. You know, you're, it's a mix of the familiar and nostalgic cards representing the breadth of Dominaria's history from the earliest sets through the modern day. That's their line. And you know what? I think the set is absolutely going to smack of this. Yeah. What concerns me is the release date. This is January 13th of 2023. This is coming, you know, maybe weeks or a month before the next standard set. And so I think this might just kind of put an awkward amount of pressure on the next standard set because they're going to blow the doors off it, starting with that Force of Will. Time Spiral Remastered didn't quite break the bank. A lot of people liked drafting it, and it was it seemed pretty fun, but it seemed like a lot of action on that set was on the single side, and mm-hmm. that, that wasn't terrible for people. You know, going out and spending however much it is on foil, old border, ponders, and thought seizes, etc., didn't really impact the wallets of the people that are going to buy a sealed standard set. And if that's going to be the case, I think then then it'll be perfectly fine. So I would say I, I, there's more trepidation on my end than something I'm like really worried is going to happen. But kind of TBD because after this, everything is just done by quarters. We don't have release dates yet, and so that's really my only concern. I don't think there's any way from a product standpoint this fails unless they do something weird with the math between collectors boosters and set and draft. Yeah like they have in other sets where they make the collector's boosters so juiced or not that a certain suite yeah that a certain suite of cards just that you wouldn't expect like the foils cost less than set foils cost less than set non-foils because so many people opened collector boosters that the market is flooded that kind of stuff i don't think that makes for a financial flop though on a set but it does create this kind of weird state that a set can move into but i think using time spiral remastered as the bellwether is a really good look here and i agree i think that this is something they can continue to do and i think it's something they should do and in all honesty i think this is where they should put all those old border reprints like we talked about before You know, this is if you want to do this once every couple of years, by all means, it also helps. I think it's great. Yeah, it helps save them the time too. Like, do we really need to go back and do future site block again? No, no, we don't. Time spiral block, whatever, whatever. Yeah. No, we don't. We just got the remaster set. It's great. Everybody loves Lauren, but it's just a lot of goats and like people with big heads. Do we absolutely have to go back there? Maybe not. Maybe we could just do it with one of these remastered sets. So it also offers the opportunity to see what they can do here and coalescing down you know what was it like nine years worth if we just look at dominaria story like nine years worth of story into one set if they can do do a really good job of this they could probably do some planes that they might be hesitant to go back to or some that might not make a good revisit into a master set and kind of appease the people that are looking for it yeah coming at oh oh, sorry and then you know next set obviously is the standard one you mentioned putting pressure on yes frexia all will be one and so this is kind of where we go back into our dominaria storyline and we're basically running headlong uh to the into the end of it starting with this so this is released in the nebulous idea of q1 2023 and as you read through the language for this we see a couple interesting things that you talked about up top with the Brothers War. So we see language like the fate of Dominaria and the multiverse is set to unravel. Phyrexians of the modern magic era. And I have notes further on that it seems like we are heading into a time heist, which is what you talked about 
with Teferi. And once you get to this set, this is where I think that lang the language really comes into play. So I agree, Time Heist probably, it might be started really in the Brothers War, but I think this is all will be one is the might from a story point might be where that really kicks off and this set is going to be focused around elish norn the last of the praetors that we have we've seen war and Klex and on call time we saw Urbras on kami yep kamigawa we just saw shieldred we saw jinga taxis in streets yep jen was in the streets uh, Urbrask in the sheets, and we we are now seeing Elish Norn back on her home plane, its home plane of Phyrexia. So, this set is the one where I also think that this might possibly be the beginning of the parasitic artifact environment. Uh, the Brothers War is just kind of so rich with creature-based lore and like artifacts yes absolutely because of urza karn the quicksilver all that other stuff but there's so much else that goes on on dominaria that gets wrapped up in the brothers war and other planes that it's it's hard for me to see like artifacts just truly coming through as the beacon of brokenness for standard in that set could they combine with something coming up? Absolutely. They could begin that could be the foundational set for this. But I think Frexia all will be one is where that starts. Do I think we get Infact back? Infect back? No. Do we pick up some more living weapons? Quite possibly. And this is kind of the if I remember the language uh, correctly, like new a revisit to new Frexia. So this is new new Frexia. Yep. And <clears throat> All kinds of crap goes on there when we're away. The Phyrexian oil is ridiculous. We didn't see another Memnarch when we went back to Mirrodin. We could see another Memnarch here. We could see the perversion of a lot of a lot of the coalition side of things, the Mirren side of things from when we were there last time. We will probably end up getting a lot of interesting humans uh, in this set as well, like we did with Scars of Mirrodin. I think that's where the battle cry mechanic was from. Yeah, scars. Right, and that how uh, Mirren Crusader was from Mirrodin besieged, and so that's where we kind of get this really interesting play with uh, humans, and that might actually kind of help juice that tribe in both pioneer and modern. And this is like I said, this if I expect the beginning of the end of a peaceful time for artifacts and standard, this would be it. This is where everything's just kind of gonna jump off and go downhill. That's what worries me. What I'm excited about is the possibility of the time heist and the return of planeswalkers to their godlike stature. Because the more you think about it over the last checks watch forever, planeswalkers have that aren't Oko in the last couple of years have just been nothing in these standard environments. They yeah. They're great to keep around. If you get to ultimate them, eventually you will win the game, but it is not like immediately game-breaking. It is not immediately game over. You have a couple turns to deal with it. I think the Lily from Shad um, Shadows over Innistrad block was the last yeah. one that really ended a game very clearly. 
once you ulted and you got that emblem making an amount of zombies plus one every turn it was just insurmountable advantage and i don't yeah. think we've had another planeswalker aside from oko that was that oppressive in a standard environment yeah and i i think this could also be the return to that before they could possibly get removed and i am excited for both of those yeah i i think the planeswalker thing is actually again lore wise for me kind of a big deal like i hate that the mending happened and all of a sudden you have one old walker left in nickel bolus uh i am hoping yeah. that what we see with phyrexia all will be one is some sort of return of urza's head to an entire body uh, because i i believe headmaster is actually canon now uh but either way <laughs> I, I want to see the Futurama where he is just his head is his on Bender's Gloria body. Job. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah the Nixon head's body. Yeah, yeah. The Nixon head. Uh, I'm worried because while complete mana or I guess fixed Phyrexian fixed mana is still complete, yeah. hasn't had problematic cards yet. Mm. This is the set where I think we are likely to see one. Uh, where there is something that maybe not for standard, but for some eternal format is just going to be backbreakingly bad. Yeah. And that is what I am worried about with this format. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, this whole Avengers timeline thing does have me a little bit worried where we have this overarching years long culmination this feels like endgame because yeah. it's literally just endgame if the super best friends or whatever the planeswalkers are calling themselves are uh if if this is their marvel endgame fine you know mm -hmm. hopefully jace's protagonist armor wears off and he dies uh but this is the set of all of them yes. that i am most scared of uh, where I expect something to happen that just breaks the game in half and obviously financially is great for a little bit, but then has to be banned. Mm -hmm. And that's what I am afraid of with Phyrexia All Will Be Gone. Or All Will Be One. Yep. Uh, absolutely. And it is... I don't know, it seems kind of narrow as a set because it's... Yeah, set, like... it's, it's okay, this is new, new Phyrexia. Well... New Phyrexia was like garbage. It, it it was a good set. There were good cards, but everything was awful for the game. Yeah, that was in it. Yeah. So it, it, it wasn't as good as it could have been. And it is like literally the stepping stone to the last set in the bunch, and it kind of reads that way when you read through the copy surrounding yeah. it thus far, and you look at some of the the art that is out there. There's actually no art for yeah. All Will Be One compared to March of the Machine. And I don't know exactly if it's because of that. It's meant just to be, like, technically two sets in a block. You know, like, this is a yeah. five-set saga. And one of them, or several of them, have to be kind of, like, innocuous and just make it through. But this is the ramp-up set into the next set. Uh, on our on our list, the, the last that we'll be talking about today, March of the Machine, which is released in Q2 of 2023. So what do you got? Uh, so the interesting thing about this to me, and I, I literally like looked at them next to each other. So when I mentioned the Avengers Endgame, they're literally just using the same text. 
Like, it's just the same text as yeah. Avengers. Uh, we're not even trying to hide what this is. No. Uh, I do appreciate the callback to a previous card in Magic's history, March of the Machines. Yes, we, talk, uh, we talked about precast. Yeah. Um, I think this is where the artifact problems really kick in. Okay. Uh, so we, I think you're right. We see an inkling of them between Brothers War and Phyrexial will be one. I think March of the Machine is when you really see it. Mm -hmm. uh, the other interesting thing to this is, to me, is that it's singular. Yes, that caught me as well. Rather than plural. So maybe it's a, like, to me, that indicates there's one threat. So maybe we'll see heavy equipment. I love that. Yeah. For standard, honestly, because it promotes an aggro environment. Mm -hmm. And fuck three fairy. Um, yeah. I do think, though, this is where we see the absolute sky is falling, artifacts are everywhere, even if it is just one thematically, mm -hmm. where everything starts to fall apart for the quality of play. Yeah. Uh, if it sounds like I'm doomsaying a little bit, I would invite you to watch any episode of the podcast in the past and look to my opinions of Wizards <laughs> of the Coast. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying on theme, all right? We're doing it for the brand. Uh, but no, I I think the interesting thing about this to me uh, is if you look at the actual release schedule for the full years, um, we have two fall releases in 22. We have Dom United and the Brothers War. Yes. We have two spring 23 releases in March of the Machine and March of the Machine, the Aftermath. Aftermath. Yes. What I am afraid of is while Dom Yu and the Brothers War were clearly thematically too, like they were tied, but they were not intended as one set. Correct. March of the Machine and March of the Machine, the Aftermath, has very Crimson Vow, Dark Ascension vibes to me. Yeah. Where we basically had this really cool limited environment and we split it in two, and that's what we end up with. And that's something I'm scared of because like you mentioning... You know, the Dom remastered release putting financial pressure on Phyrexia All Will Be One. Uh, if anyone played during the, you know, Dark Ascension Crimson Vow standard, it was kind of garbage for a little bit there because people didn't really want to try it when a new set was coming out a month and a half and there was going to be a new metagame there anyways. Yep. So I'm curious if when we get firmer dates, those two are going to be split up like that, where they're going to be a month and a half apart from each other, where all of a sudden, all right, this disincentivizes me from participating in this limited or standard environment because I don't get the full time out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something I'm very concerned about with specifically the release schedule, not the set itself. Yeah. Uh, I am excited to see if it's like the legacy weapon or something like that because again storyline uh, mm -hmm. this this is my inner vorthos coming out for these two episodes believe it or not i am a magic story nerd despite hating casuals and everything i love the storyline anyways uh i'm excited to see what this one machine is and potentially move on from phyrexia forever because i would love if phyrexia just got retired as a big bad mm-hmm because one, I love the way it was written originally. Two, wizards cannot design sets very well. And when you give opportunities for them to mess it up, like Phyrexian Manor, or Completed Manor, or whatever, they will mess it up. So I, that's where I'm at for that. I think, yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll start with the, the March and the Machine set. So I do agree that it would be nice to get rid of Phyrexians. They've been kind of a day zero thing in... Yeah. 
the if not the game then the lore itself and picking up something new to chase after would be nice discussing Nicol Bolas as the big bad is great but at the end of the day that still just masks the fact that you still had this other like one big conglomerate to work with as something to do with the game and it could help with the the current design pattern of single sets to get rid of shed a lot of this you can start telling just capsulated stories and planeswalkers also kind of work against that so it's kind of interesting to see which ends or not ends but segues into this little bit of copy which is from the march of machine write-up ends with magic forever changed so you know as mentioned this is the the most the possible time heist either the continuation of it the actual time heist what have you and this is where either the phyrexians disappear planeswalkers ascend again they disappear don't know but this is something that is going to i hope fundamentally change the game for better not to say that i think planeswalkers are bad i think they've done something great for the game same thing with equipment i think it's been great yeah march of the machine singular also caught me but i wasn't quite sure exactly what to make of it the copy refers to elish's elish norn's faction as the machine legion but also in the copy and i didn't do a lot of due due diligence here the word invasion has a capital i that's interesting as a previous set um unlinked on the the wiki so it might just be a typo but interesting nonetheless now as far as this set is concerned i i agree this is like the artifact set to end all artifact sets that we've seen thus far that wasn't named urza saga and i don't think it's going to do great things for standard if the artifacts are all kind of like piddly if they are primarily creatures they are primarily equipment it's a little more it's still difficult to mess them up affinity as a keyword messed up that standard format and that was on creatures so it is easy to mess it up but without the artifact lands we see that kind of reined in so it was if you want to think about it as a root cause analysis it was the artifact lands that made the affinity keyword extremely good the longer that that block was produced the second time uh, round in the modern era with call time it was smuggler's copter being under costed because again they were attempting something new and that is a creature so that right then and there is a keyword problem a keyword level problem again but without those without the affinity keyword and without smuggler's copter everything else just kind of lives on compared to saga where everything that wasn't a creature was absolutely busted in half <laughs> or a legacy yeah like, you have a read memory jar so good yeah I, my favorite tidbit on that is on ask marrow it came up Oh God, uh, yes. what went into the design of urza block uh how much play testing was done and he straight up admitted we didn't play test this at all also urza saga is supposed to be an enchantment set but you wouldn't know it because they fucked it up that bad now yeah. if they just stick with what they know you know well-costed vehicles living weapon I think it works out well. They complete a couple things. I think we're cool. If they want to go out and branch out again and just try something new and then immediately like cut it loose, like 
sure, maybe, but if it's going to cause problems later on, you're going to have to ban it ahead of time, then I don't think it's worth it, especially if you're yeah. just trying to make things pushed. If you're not doing anything new, you're not reinventing the wheel, I don't know if you have to push that hard. You just have to make it playable, and I'm hoping for that. That yeah. That is my my concern and what I'm looking forward to with the set is just the end of the storyline and the change to the game. Yeah. March of the Machine Aftermath. This one's kind of interesting to see. Everything makes sense that you read about this, but it seems out of place because already in Q3, we're getting a rare fifth premiere set in the standard environment. We are three, two standard sets deep in the year already, and it's being announced that we're getting a fifth set in the year at the third set. This is the fifth set. It is labeled as Premiere, and I believe that means it's because it's getting more than just set boosters, but that hasn't been announced yet. We don't yeah. know what the product line for this is going to be. What it fully is, yeah. yeah. But the other th little bit of information that comes with this is a new kind of thing and not exactly a set. So you, you talked about this being uh, Innistrad, Crimson Vow, and Midnight Hunt-esque, quite possibly. I don't think it's going to be something like Double Feature, because that was just truly a reprint of the previous two. I honestly yeah. don't know what this is, and that both... I'm, it, uh, it scare-rouses me. Yeah. I, that's, that's a good, good phrase for it. I hope it's a small set. I hope it's, you know, the most broken of stuff. It gets its own set symbol, and if Ed is the... When I say the most broken of stuff, I mean it's the pushed. It's the push yeah. cards. Because if you put a new set symbol on it, you can just say, hey, anything with this set symbol is unplayable from... Yeah. Cut it's loose. That, yeah, that's where it goes. There, there's, like, it is difficult to suss this out because there's no information on how you're even going to play this set. If it's going to be playable, draftable, etc. Yeah. We, we know what's happening with almost everything else on the slate, how it's going to play out, what kind of product release there's going to be for it except this set and that is what worries me a little bit about it i don't think it's going to be too over the top i think it's just going to be in line with what's going on it might present us with some characters that we didn't see in the story some that we might have expected to see that we didn't from magic past that are still relevant like in the in dominaria united we got another reference to Slimefoot. well where's Slimefoot? don't know Maybe Slimefoot's coming up in one of these other sets. If they're not, then this could be an interesting place to put Slimefoot. I mentioned Memnark earlier. What happened? I don't think Memnark's dead uh, because Memnark... No, Memnark's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. From Somebody was saying that in the lore, Karn can't be corrupted by the Phyrexian oil, which is why Karn was able to bring it to Mirrodin and not have it impact him. But I believe Memnark was corrupted yeah. in time. Memnark right. was corrupted, yes. Yeah, so where's that character? You, there's a lot of loose ends throughout the history yeah. of magic that can be tied up. I don't think Miri is dead, but Miri was definitely corrupted at one point. If you uh, Miri the cursed. cursed. She was a vampire in plain planar chaos. Planar chaos, yeah. So there's a lot of core characters that are missing and maybe this is a wrap up set before yeah, they do just snap some of this game out of existence or change something fundamentally and these are characters that we no longer have to look forward to they're just gone 
And I, I think that would be another cool set if it was Legends heavy or something like that. And I think there's a lot yeah. to be excited about for this set. And like I said, my only worry is really what exactly is this set? I, yeah. I don't think we're going to have to worry about the, the finance aspect of it. I think March of the Machine proper is probably going to be pulling at the purse strings rather than yeah. the supplemental, if I had to guess. And people will just pick up the, the singles from it unless there's some weird product design uh, when it comes Who to yeah, yeah how you acquire the product or what you do with it. Maybe it's another Jumpstart style thing. Who knows? And, could be. Yeah, and that could make it a little more interesting. I don't even think it's getting Commander decks. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I would have to, to check that. Yeah. But at the end of the day... You know, the last that we're going to talk about, it, I feel pretty good about it. I Just because there's nothing immediately, in my mind, to worry about. I think everything to worry about comes before this set in regards to just screwing up the game. Yeah. I, uh, I'm generally inclined to agree, but I will save my opinions for next week. Good listeners. All right. But with that... That is the end of our, I think, crash course on four of the eight sets that are that have been announced. The one at the beginning graphic that was not on here is the Lord of the Rings set, which we will cover yep. pretty early next episode. So if you want to hear us yell about hobbits and Gandalf, maybe some spiders, that is the episode for you. Until then, though. Oh, wait. Do you have anything to say about hobbits before we kick out of here? I was going to say, so smell? help me if Rakdos Lord of Riots isn't in the set as just the balrog i will burn wizards to the ground <laughs> or a balrog but yeah yeah i, I get yeah. you i get you there are literal dwarves in this game they did dig too deep yeah and too fast but for at mtg cabalcast on twitter facebook patreon and youtube i am at halt arm i am reptar you are at thirsty sizzler and we'll see you next week